This is the Hasidic Story Project with Barack Holman, podcasting from Jerusalem, Israel. You'll never know, you'll never know, you'll never know, you'll never know. About a hundred years ago, in a town in Russia, there was a Jew named Yaakov, a misnagid, not a Hasid, opposed to the Hasidim in general, but really open to any Jew. He loved every Jew. Yaakov was a Tamid Chacham. He sat and learned Torah most of the day, and he had an amazing memory. He could remember most of the Torah that he learned. He was also a genius. And Yaakov had some friends in his town. His friends were Labavitcher Hasidim, Chabadnikim. They were constantly trying to get Yaakov to visit their Rebbe, the Rebbe Rashab, in the town of Labavitch. Yaakov, he'd say to the Hasidim, I don't understand why you need a Rebbe. I don't need a Rebbe. I'm learning Gemara. Let's say that there's something I can't understand in the Talmud. It's very simple. I go over it again and again, and Hashem helps me to figure it out. So, I don't need a Rebbe. But the Hasidim, they insisted. They said, Yaakov, come on, you gotta come, you gotta meet a Rebbe, you gotta meet a Rebbe. And eventually, he agreed. He went for a Shabbos in Lubavitch. They arrived Friday afternoon, and he was surprised to see how much he enjoyed being in Lubavitch amongst the Hasidim. He enjoyed the davening, and he enjoyed Shabbos very much. Moti Shabbos, all of the Hasidim would go by the Rebbe, and everybody would give him a little kvittel, a little piece of paper with a request, maybe for livelihood, for parnasa, or for health, or for a shidduch, or for children, or shalom bayit, peace at home. And Yaakov, he went into the Rebbe's office, the Rebbe Rashab, and the Rebbe was learning from a sefer. He was learning from a book, a holy book. And as Rebbe Shlomo says, you're always safer with a sefer. Of course, everybody knows that. So Yaakov, he walks into the Rebbe's office, and the Rebbe is learning from a holy book, from a sefer. And the Rebbe doesn't even look up at Yaakov. He's just focused on his learning. Yaakov takes his little note, his kvittel, and puts it near the Rebbe, but the Rebbe doesn't react. So he slides it on the table right under the Rebbe's eyes. The Rebbe doesn't even look at the piece of paper. Jumps up from his chair and starts pacing around the room. And he's saying to himself in Russian, On, nia on, on, nia on. It's him. It's not him. It's him. It's not him. Yaakov's thinking to himself, well, I had a very nice Shabbos here with the Rebbe, but this is just crazy. The Rebbe is crazy. I don't understand why the Rebbe's pacing around the room like this and speaking to himself in Russian. And then the Rebbe sits down at his book and continues learning, continues learning as, as if nothing happened at all. Yaakov, not sure what to do, he simply works his way out of the room. And it was a mystery. He decided to leave it alone. Okay, he made the Hasidim happy. They wouldn't bother him anymore. They wouldn't say, you have to come see our Rebbe, because he had already gone to see their Rebbe. And he went back to his learning. A few years passed, and in the secular newspaper, Yaakov noticed that there was an advertisement from the university in Petersburg. And it said, here's a math equation. If you can solve this mathematical problem, send it in to us, and we'll give you a 300-ruble prize which was a great deal of money at the time, and also a ticket to come to the university to visit the faculty. So Yaakov, he decided to take this on as a personal challenge. And he tried again and again and again, until he was certain that he figured out the mathematical problem. He wrote his answer down and sent it into the university in Petersburg. A few months later, he got a letter back from them, saying that they were astonished that he answered the question correctly. And here's a ticket to come to Petersburg to visit them at the university. So Yaakov decides he's going to go visit. He gets on the train. He goes to the university. And the faculty was shocked to see that Yaakov was a religious Jew. 
a young man with a beard and a black coat and a big black kippa. They didn't know what to think of him. So they asked him a few more questions. They gave him some more mathematical problems, and he solved every one of them. They realized, okay, Gavant, this guy's a genius. He might look strange. He might speak with a funny accent, but for sure he's a genius. So they said to him, listen, Yaakov, we're going to offer you an amazing deal. We're going to give you a full scholarship. We're going to give you a grant. We're going to give you a place to stay. And you stay here and finish your degree. When you finish, we'll give you a full position at the university. So Yaakov decides, okay, this is a good deal. He's going to stay. He didn't have any problem in the beginning keeping his religious life. Continued learning. He kept his beard and his kippah and wore the same clothes. Kept kosher, kept Shabbos, kept all the mitzvot. But slowly, his secular learning started to creep in on his Torah learning time. And eventually, the long beard became a short beard, and eventually clean-shaven. And he changed his clothes, and he took off his kippah, and he stopped keeping kosher, and stopped keeping Shabbos, and stopped davening. And eventually, he became a totally secular, assimilated Jew, who nobody could ever imagine had once been a religious Jew. Yaakov finished his four years at the university, and they offered him the full position like they promised. And they said to him, listen, Yaakov, there's just one condition. They were calling him Joseph at the time, not Yaakov anymore. They said, listen, there are no Jews allowed on the staff here. So all you have to do, it's a little technical thing. You just have to convert to Christianity. And Yaakov thought to himself, well, it's not such a big deal. After all I've been through and all I've given up, what is it to convert to Christianity? So he does a little technical conversion, and now he's a Christian, and he gets his job, and he finds a nice Russian woman, a non-Jewish woman, and he marries her. And he goes to work every day, and he's quite happy with his life. Things are going well for him. One day, about a year or so later, he's walking on the street, and he sees a Jew walking in Petersburg. Now, the Jews these days, at least in New York and Jerusalem, we walk with our backs held high and our heads held high, but back then Jews were scared. And this Jew had his back bent over and his face towards the ground. But that was enough for Yaakov. He looked at this Jew and he said to himself, What have I done? How far away from my true self have I gone? What's become of me? Is this what I really want to be in life? But he couldn't give up what he had. I mean, he had so much. What's he going to give up his wife and his job and his life and his friends? So he had a way to relieve his stress. His friends had taught him how to hunt. So he decided to take a horse and his rifle and go out into the forest and do some hunting. And when he's deep, deep into the forest, all of a sudden, the horse starts to ride like crazy. And he realizes that if the horse doesn't slow down, he for sure is going to fall off and die. So he says one final prayer. He says to Hashem, Master of the universe, please save my life. And I swear to you, if you save my life, I'll go back to being a Jew. Just like that, the horse slowed down as if nothing happened. And Yaakov understood that this was a sign from Hashem. This was a sign from God that he needed to fulfill his promise. So he goes back home and he tells his wife, I'm very sorry, I'm going to have to leave you. And he leaves her divorce papers. And he takes a few of his belongings and simply walks out the door. And he travels around for about a year, grows out his beard, puts on a black kippah again, goes back to wearing his old clothes. And he's wandering around because he knows that it's a capital punishment if a Jew converts to Christianity in those days in Russia, and then changed his or her mind and wanted to be a Jew again, it was a capital crime. So he knew his life was at risk, and he was scared to settle down anywhere. One day he's sitting in an inn, just minding his own business, and the police burst in, and they ask everyone for their IDs. Now Yaakov had left his ID back in Petersburg. He didn't want anyone to know who he was. He didn't even want to remember how he used to look, where he was clean-shaven and looking like a secular professor. So the police say to Yaakov, where's your ID? And he said, I don't have an ID. So they arrest him, and they bring him to the police station. And he's sitting at a little table 
with an interrogator in front of him. It took a few hours, but they found his papers, and they found a picture of him, and the investigator's looking at the picture of him, and he sees this picture of a Joseph, whatever the guy's last name was, clean-shaven, wearing these fine, secular clothes, and sitting in front of him is this religious Jew with a long beard, and funny, funny clothes, and the, his kippah, and the investigator, he can't figure out what's going on. He says to himself in Russian, On, nyet on, on, nyet on. It's him. It's not him. It's him. It's not him. And then finally he bangs on the table and he says, Ah, it's not him. And he lets Yaakov go. Well, Yaakov remembered exactly where he heard those words several years before. And he went straight back to the Rebbe Rashab. He told the Rebbe what happened. The Rebbe welcomed him in with open arms. And Yaakov became a Lubavitcher Hasid. And now he understood why all those years ago, the Hasidim said to him, Come with us, Yaakov. You also need a Rebbe. I good job is good job is good job is I love recording these stories. If you enjoyed this story, please make sure to share it with your friends. And also, go to HasidicStory.com, H-A-S-I-D-I-C, Story.com, where you can become part of the inner circle of this project. You'll get access to exclusive stories from Jerusalem that are for patrons only, and also copies of my books, HasidicStory.com.